Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting all about what not to eat during pregnancy as well as safe fish and caffeine consumption. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for you, it's pregnancy with Hello mamas and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today we are kicking off with episode two in the pregnancy nutrition series, diving into exactly what foods to avoid during pregnancy, as well as what amount of fish and caffeine is recommended. This is episode two of a five-part pregnancy nutrition series with the wonderful Larissa Telfer, who is an accredited practicing dietitian and diabetes educator. Now, don't forget we have already released the first episode in this series where we covered the specific nutrients needed for each individual trimester of pregnancy. So make sure you go back, have a listen to that before you dive into today's episode. There is so much amazing content coming up in this pregnancy nutrition series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. In this pregnancy nutrition series, we'll be chatting about cravings during pregnancy and why we get them, healthy gestational weight gain, the ins and outs of gestational diabetes, and the best ways to nourish the postpartum body. We also have a sneaky bonus sixth episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse, where Larissa answers all of your questions around breastfeeding nutrition and baby-led weaning. So we cover whether keto diets and fasting after birth is appropriate, breastfeeding probiotics, what extra calories and nutrients you'll need whilst breastfeeding and ways you may be able to help boost your milk supply. Now this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series along with any of our exclusive member only bonus podcast content is live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire series right now rather than waiting for future episodes to come out then please do check out the Pregnancy Posse today. I've taken my years of experience as a women's health physiotherapist and made all of this information in my head accessible to every wonderful woman online inside the Pregnancy Posse. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will personally guide you week by week throughout your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer questions from our amazing Posse members. And there is also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other, along with a huge resources library, which will help you avoid the Google rabbit hole. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thatpregnancyposse.com to see what the pregnancy is all about and to trial the program for seven days. Now, let's get into episode two of our five-part pregnancy nutrition series. You are going to love today's chat with Larissa as we work out exactly what to avoid during pregnancy, as well as how much fish and caffeine we are safely able to consume. Enjoy! What do we need to be mindful of to avoid or what do we need to be cautious of when it comes to food consumption during pregnancy? Yes, this is a bit of a minefield. And if you jump on Google, it's so hard to get your head around. I find so many people are just so scared to even know what to eat because they're just Mm. like, I don't know what I can eat. Can I have this? Can I have that? So, Mm. yes, I've broken down a bit of a list for you to hopefully keep it quite practical. (laughs) 
some of the key foods that we're not able to eat are related to an increased risk or um, increased susceptibility to food poisoning in pregnancy. Some of the bacteria or food poisoning that can cause issues in pregnancy are infections that you might actually not, not be unwell from when you're not pregnant. The reason for this is that these bacteria will actually cross the placental barrier to the baby and you may not be otherwise aware of it. Ah, that's um, interesting. So you might actually have an infection or a bacteria and yeah. actually feel completely fine. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I don't want people to get alarmed though because the chances <laughs> of these happening is very, very, very slim. Yes. So it's not something that happens uh uh, regularly or anything but it's why we need to be aware of our food safety and making sure that you know we're cleaning down our boards and utensils after we've prepared raw meat and then go to prepare you know fresh food or, or raw food making sure that foods are cooled and reheated properly so avoid you know leaving your dinner on the bench all night and then maybe just popping it in the fridge the next morning and things like that those things we really need to be quite careful of and avoid in pregnancy do you know, I only learnt last year that you are not meant to reheat food more than once. Mm, so yes. I was a chronic reheater. <laughs> yep. I was like, yep, two, three times, no problems. And then yep. someone told me, you know, you're not meant to do that. And yep. it blew my mind. I don't know if I'm the only person out there, but I didn't think there was a limit to reheating. I honestly skipped that education lesson growing up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah continue to reheat all the time so I've learned that one now guys one reheat and that's that <laughs> yeah another one I find is um how you have your fridge mm. so you should always try and have uh raw meats or raw foods that you know you can't eat as they are on the bottom shelf of the uh -huh. fridge and then your fresh uh things above it and avoid storing you know your raw foods next to um you know, perhaps your fruit or your lettuce that you're going to eat straight away. So Really? Yeah. So that's another one I find that people just aren't always aware of as well. So making sure you sort of keep your raw food or like your raw meat on one shelf and your other fresh foods, you know, either in your crisp bar or on the other shelves. Yeah. And what is the yeah. reason behind that? It's just the risk of, I guess, cross-contamination. So yeah. some of the bacteria from the meats, like, you know, salmonella from chicken or something like that, the risk of it getting into perhaps the lettuce that you're going to eat and not cook. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So, again, it's a pretty small risk, but it's just one of those sort of general things to, mm. to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So food preparation, yeah. clean your chopping board, clean your cutlery and yeah. make sure that your fridge is sorted and you're not yes. reheating more than once. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, some of the other things we need to avoid are undercooked eggs um, mm -hmm. and that's because of that risk of salmonella. Unfortunately, we do need to try and make sure eggs are cooked through in pregnancy. So probably avoid those runny yolks and things. Yes, I remember that's how a lot of people guessed I was pregnant because I started ordering well-done eggs when we went out for cafe brunches. I think it's just as hard to cover yep. pregnancy with things like eggs as it is with not having wine or alcohol at dinner time yeah yep. absolutely or avoiding the soft cheese on a plate yes. or something <laughs> <laughs> um and so with that too you want to avoid things like sometimes when you're baking you know if you're doing a cake batter or something and you've got raw egg in there and you sort of taste it or you know mm. we all like to lick the bowl sometimes before we pop it in the sink so that's just another time just to be careful that you're not having raw egg 
that mm. hasn't been cooked. Fine to have it in the cake once it's cooked, but just avoid having it when it's not cooked. And a sneaky one that I know got me in pregnancy was there's certain desserts like mousses mm. uh, that have raw egg in them, which isn't cooked. Um, and I didn't even think about that until afterwards. But that's another one to be mindful of is certain desserts which have mm. raw eggs mixed into them. Absolutely. And, and another one is also um, some like homemade aiolis. Mm. Um, will have raw egg yolk and things in them. So generally the ones that you purchase on the shelf have been pasteurised and treated, so they're safe. But potentially if you're at a restaurant, they'll make their own aiolis fresh. Or if you make it yourself at home, if you're you know, into making your own dressings and things, that's another time just to be mindful of those raw eggs as mm. well. Yeah, good yeah. idea. Yeah. Another one is avoiding undercooked meats. So similar for that risk of salmonella, there's also a small risk of toxoplasmosis. And this is actually the reason why we need to be careful with like animal feces and our pets as well, um, because that is commonly found in animal droppings. Mm. So potentially if you are, you know, have a cat litter tray or something like that, make sure you're always wearing gloves or even better, ask someone else to do it. It's a good excuse to get someone else and to pull that job away. <laughs> <laughs> try and use pregnancy as an excuse to you know, handball that one and make sure you're always you know washing your hands or you're eating if you've got pets around and things like mm. that just to be mindful of that mm -hmm. and then the other I guess group of foods that we need to watch out for are foods that are a risk of for listeria this is where I guess the recommendation to avoid things like deli meats your soft cheeses like your breeze and camemberts comes from as well other foods that I guess are a high risk of listeria are soft serve ice cream as well, uncooked seafood, so things like your prawn, you know, your cooked prawns from, your de from the deli, pre-prepared salads as well and fruit salads, so things that have been, you know, sitting in the fridge for long periods of time. Uh, listeria is one type of bacteria that actually grows in fridge temperatures. Um, mm. One of the most recent outbreaks was actually in cut rock melon. Ah. so um it must have been about two years ago there was a listeria outbreak and actually cut uh cut rock melons so you know at the supermarket you buy the rock melons and they're cut in half and wrapped in glad wrap mm. um that was where where one of the latest sort of big outbreaks of listeria was yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't think i would even comprehend that that is a risk like i, mm. I think rock melon cut up in a cup in yeah. a salad bar no don't go there but in a supermarket cut in half wrapped up in glad wrap i wouldn't have even considered that as a risky option yeah. there you go yeah. so the best thing to do is always wash your fruits and veggies really thoroughly you know when you get them home even like your salad mixes and things like that you know your bags of spinach and rocket that you get from the supermarket mm. um, even though they are washed when you get them home just give them another good wash before you're using them mm. um, is, is the safest way to do that um, and just to clarify with listeria and um, salmonella and these mm. other um, bacterial um, what do you call them? What is their name? Bacteria. Yeah. Bacteria, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, is it that a pregnant woman versus a non-pregnant woman, that a pregnant woman is more susceptible to getting sick or is it that the consequences of her getting sick are much higher because she's carrying a baby or both? The latter. So, for example, listeria can cross the placental barrier to the baby, which can cause things like miscarriage or premature birth or stillbirth mm -hmm. as well. Yes, okay. Um, whereas when someone's not pregnant and their immune system's functioning really well, there's just not that same risk. 
Yes. Okay, then. But again, the chances of these things happening are very slim, particularly if you're safe and you avoid some of these foods. Mm. I guess the positive thing about listeria, it's actually killed by cooking. Some of these foods like deli meats and things, if they're cooked and, you know, they're cooked to steaming, piping hot, Mm. um, that actually kills the listeria. So that risk Mm. is actually reduced. Yeah, as I said, things like, for example, ham or something, if it was cooked really, really hot, potentially in a toasted sandwich or on a pizza, Mm. it would actually be be safe to have. So That's really good to know for those people who really crave those deli meats but didn't think they could have them. I know I my husband's from an Italian background and we make Mm. our own salami. And um I really miss that in pregnancy. So yeah. I started cooking it in pasta and yeah. sauces and that was a really nice way to get that hit but without worrying about it um, causing any problems. Yes, yes. No, it's often good news for people when I tell them that because a lot of people don't realise that if it's cooked really hot in things that they can actually have it. So it's a good way to, to get that hit of, yeah, some ham or something like that. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And then just a couple of other things to, you know, things to avoid in pregnancy, alcohol, which is a pretty common sort of known one, but the recommendations still are at the moment that not drinking any alcohol in pregnancy is the safest. Liver meat, including things like pâtés and things, you just need to be careful because they have a really high vitamin A content, which can actually be toxic at high levels. If you do have liver, you want to have no more than 50 grams a week. It's not really a common thing that people eat a lot of in Australia, but sometimes, you know, some people do have it as part of a traditional dish or meal. So just to be mindful of that. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Awesome. That's a fantastic summary. Again, I think women can get very overwhelmed with what you can eat, what you can't Mm. eat. But I feel like that was a neat little way of delivering that information. So thank you so much for that. Mm. Now, I want to talk about, because these are another two hot topics and we touched on it briefly, but let's talk about fish and let's talk Mm. about caffeine. So let's start with fish because we've already been talking about that a little bit. But I know a lot of women are worried about mercury and how much fish is safe. Mm. So can you uncover the things we need to know about this during pregnancy? Absolutely. This is one of the most common things I find I'm talking about in practice and get asked about is um, fish. And I just find so many women just avoid fish completely because they think, oh, I can't have it at all because of the risk of mercury. Mm. Um, And it's just simply not true. You can have fish and seafood. And like we've talked about, it's a really important source of some nutrients like choline and omega-3, which are really great for baby's brain development. So Definitely something that we want to be including as part of a healthy diet in pregnancy. The recommendations are for fish and seafood to be including two to three serves of safe fish a week. A serve, which it's good to highlight, is 150 grams. So you want to be having 150 grams or a medium fillet of fish two to three times per week, which is often more than what people are actually typically eating. Yeah, Mm -hmm, Definitely. So the types of fish that are safe are salmon, tuna. So if it's fresh, making sure it is cooked. Unfortunately, we need to avoid the raw fish um, for those reasons we've chatted about. (laughs) Sashimi is often off the cards, unfortunately. Things like tin sardines, trout, again, if it's cooked. And your crustaceans and things like prawns and calamari, octopus, those types of seafood are safe. Okay. Types of fish that we need to limit or avoid are the really large they call them predatory fish um, Mm -hmm. because they are the ones that have the higher levels of mercury. 
So there is some guidelines around if you do have these types of fish, how you can include them in a safe way in pregnancy. These types of fish are orange roughy, deep sea perch and catfish. If you have those fish, you can have one surf per week and no other fish or seafood for the rest of that week. Okay. The other group is flake or swordfish, which is probably the most common one that we get from fish and chip shops, mm. you know, your flake, battered flake. And swordfish, including marlin as well, are high in mercury. So if you do have those types of fish, you can have one surf per fortnight and you need to avoid all other fish for that fortnight. Mm. Okay, that's so really good to know. Um, it's not yeah. a no. Uh, if you do, this is the guideline to follow. So that's really important. Particularly if people sort of forget and then they go, as I said, I think probably the most common type of fish in Australia out of those ones is flake from flake. the fish and chip shop. Yeah. So you might go and have fish and chips and someone else gets it for you and you think, oh, afterwards you go, oh, crap, I've had flake, which is high mercury. Mm. At least you know, okay, actually, if I avoid all other fish and seafood for the next few weeks, that's still going to be safe. And what actually is the danger of high mercury? Is it dangerous for everyone or more specifically for pregnant women? It is more specific for pregnant women because it is toxic for the baby. So you are more susceptible to that toxicity. It's very, very rare. So I don't think we see cases of mercury toxicity in Australia very often at all. Mm. So I think the key there is that it is really uncommon. Um, mm. And if you just avoid those particularly predatory fish, mm. it's actually quite easy to include um, those safe food, um, types of fish commonly as part of your, your intake. So Yes, definitely. Um, and it's actually good to know because for some reason I thought salmon was on the not safe mm. list, but that's actually good to know that salmon is fine because that's what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, and tuna is mean, another common one I yeah. find. People sort of think because it is a big fish, but um, it is safe. And okay. I mean, tin tuna is such a handy thing to have in the cupboard for, you know, lunches on the go or even as a snack on some crackers. Mm. Um, and the thing that I always like to explain too is that, you know, a small can of tuna is 90 grams. Mm. Um, and we're recommending, or the recommendations are that a serve of fish is 150 grams mm -hmm. up to three times a week. So, you know, a small tin of tuna is only 90 grams. You could be having, you know, five small cans of tuna a week and that, and that is safe. So, mm. um, yeah, it's really good to, to be including it as part of, you know, what you're eating and, and your convenient option. Yeah. yeah, and like you were saying before, it's probably more so that women are under-consuming fish and omega-3s mm. as opposed to having to worry too much about women over-consuming it. So um, it's Absolutely. probably that we've all run away from it because we were scared, but we could probably afford to include a little bit more fish in our diets um, if we're yeah. feeling up for it. So now mm. I know everyone wants to know about this, myself included. I yeah. pre-pregnancy was a four piccolo a day sort of woman, which is yeah. ludicrous <laughs> now that I think about that. <laughs> Yep. having breastfed children has really helped curb my caffeine issues but yep. what is a safe amount of caffeine consumption in pregnancy yes this is always a million dollar question i think particularly because women are so fatigued in pregnancy so it has you reaching for the coffee for that mm. kind of hit as well 
I guess the reasons why we need to limit caffeine consumption in pregnancy is that um, it has been shown that large amounts of caffeine can lead to low birth weight babies and miscarriage and an increased risk of preterm birth. But again, that's when caffeine's consumed in large amounts. The recommendations are for caffeine to limit to 200 to 300 milligrams per day. So in terms of what this looks like in terms of coffee, because that's what we want to know. Um, so generally an espresso or a shot of coffee has around 80 milligrams. If you were having, uh, say, two espresso coffees a day, that would be safe. The key thing to remember is that is one shot. Mm. And many cafes, their regular coffees, particularly their large ones, can have two and sometimes up to three shots of coffee in one coffee. Mm. So you really want to check in when you're grabbing your coffee. Is it one shot or two shots? Yes, definitely. Um, With your instant coffee, you're looking at about 60 milligrams in one instant coffee. If you were having, say, up to three instant coffees a day, then that probably would be safe, um, depending on what else you're having as well. Mm. Some of your other sources of caffeine to keep in mind are black tea, which is about 50 milligrams. Dark chocolate actually includes caffeine as well. So you've got to be sort of mindful sometimes if you think about your coffee, but remember if you're having your dark chocolate and a few cups of tea, that's also going to add up. Mm. A can of cola has about 35 milligrams. And the other key ones is energy drinks. So they have around, often around 80 milligrams, which is the same as a coffee. Mm. Um, So I think that's a really key one to keep in mind as well. Yes, and I actually know um, a lot of people who do have energy drinks, which kind of blew my mind. I didn't think it was a thing anymore, but um, that's their version of coffee. So I'm just wondering, this is slightly off topic, but um, are energy drinks, you know, with all the grana and like Mm. the extra, are they actually safe to have during pregnancy? It's not something I'd be recommending to have regular, regularly. Um, I think if you grabbed one occasionally for some particular reason it's probably not going to be the you know the end of the world Mm. but certainly because of number one the sugar content in those um, drinks as well and also the caffeine content it's not something that I would be recommending to be having uh, Mm. regularly in pregnancy yeah Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good summary. Like I said, I know mm. a lot of women want to, I know a lot of women who actually stop drinking all caffeine when they fall pregnant because they mm. think that it's it's no good. And um, look, I don't think there's probably any harm in not having no, caffeine. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of withdrawals they might have to go through to um, get to that stage. But it is safe to have, just to confirm, 200 milligrams? Yes, two to 200 to 300 milligrams of caffeine per day. Fantastic, yes. And something I found quite interesting actually when I was reading through is that during pregnancy, women's bodies are actually slower at clearing caffeine, which is why we have to watch how much we're having as well. So, um, yeah, the bodies, uh, you know, the kidneys and the systems that work to actually clear caffeine Mm. actually slow down in pregnancy. Yeah, interesting. Um, So it can hang around in our system a little bit longer. um, Yes cross the placenta to the baby so yeah I found that actually really quite interesting that is interesting if only yeah. that actually translated to feeling more energetic for longer. <laughs> exactly <laughs> absolutely <laughs> luckily I find lots of women actually go off coffee and pregnancy as mm. well it's one of a it's a common aversion that some people just don't tolerate it so yes it's funny how those hormones in pregnancy tell us what we can and can't have Uh, it's it's so fascinating and I actually think this is a good segue because we were going to talk about cravings and I know a lot of women um, wrote in and asked me to ask you about cravings but 
Hey mamas, Laura here. I really hoped that episode helped to clear up any confusion that you might have had over what you should or shouldn't eat during your pregnancy journey. I know I was personally so relieved when I realized that I could still have our homemade salami as long as it was cooked. Woohoo! Happy days. Now, I know many women are super overwhelmed by what they are safely able to eat, that they actually end up avoiding foods or social gatherings for fear of eating the wrong thing. So hopefully today's episode has made you feel confident and comfortable in knowing what foods are right for your growing pregnant body. If you'd like to learn more from Larissa, you can find her on Instagram at prenatal underscore dietitian. And I would also love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura to let me know your favorite learnings from today's podcast. In the next few episodes of this pregnancy nutrition series, we will be chatting with Larissa about healthy weight gain, pregnancy cravings, gestational diabetes, fuel for labor, postpartum nutrition, and so much more. If you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with PhysioLaura podcast so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. Now, if you love today's episode and you want to devour the next three episodes in this pregnancy nutrition series, you can find this entire podcast series along with all our other podcast series right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. For most series of the podcast, we also record exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members. And in the bonus member-only episode for this pregnancy nutrition series, Larissa answers members' questions about breastfeeding nutrition and baby lead weaning. So we chat about how many extra nutrients and calories you'll need when breastfeeding, whether keto diets or fasting are a good option after birth, breastfeeding probiotics, and so much more. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing those pesky pregnancy aches and pains, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. I'd love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial the program for seven days. Now, I will catch you soon for episode three in this five-part pregnancy nutrition series where we'll be discussing cravings during pregnancy and healthy weight gain. Until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.